Welcome to a podcast for the Krakoan mutant era with a distinctly black and queer lens. Every episode has a new guest, a single topic, and a ticking timer. This is X of Words. 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 Hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> I literally said, are you ready? Are we ready? You said yes. I start you, recording. You pause in a way that made me, and like you kind of cocked to the side in a way that made me think I was supposed to say something. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Please continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Um, it's season eight. Eight whole seasons. Um, thank you. I know usually we kind of soft roll into the episodes, but I figured this time I'd actually stop and say hello Welcome in season eight. Thank all of you for being here um, with X of Words as we talk about the mutants that we love. And uh, yeah, introduce you to somebody who's been here before, but that, you know, I, lo- I know you'll love to meet again. Um, Alex is here. Hi, Alex. Uh, hi. So wait, is this the season eight premiere? Am I the, the like season premiere episode? Yep. Oh, okay. Wow. Such big responsibility. Well, thank you, Ash. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> hi, everyone listening. I am Alexandra, aka Age of Apocalypse Aunt Viv on the Discord. And at she- wait a minute. Mm-hmm. It just occurred to me, I'm Aunt Viv and your cousin Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess kind of makes you like not not to the point where you're my child. We're not that far apart in age, but it's a fun little. Yeah, anyway, it was also at she may be a witch on Instagram. Hi. Hey. Hey. What are we here to talk about today, Ash? Oh, oh, what? Oh, wait, <laughs> hold on. Not this. What? So, so, you told me once that I was making other people produce the show. No. And now I'm not going at the pace that you want. I'm just being conversational. <laughs> You're signposting the show to me. So, Ashley. What question are we here to talk about? Mm. So I want to, I'm here to talk about whatever you want to talk about, <laughs> whenever you want to talk about. Thank you. Thank you for the very gracious um, segue into the question. Today, we're going to kick off talking about Storm. Mm-hmm. We have, we know about resurrection. We know that it was a massive uh, land shift. It was one of the fundamental things that separated this age from any, any other age. And I think one of the best narrative things that have ever happened to mutants. So much of mutant stories have been tied up in death and killing and who they can kill this week and who died this week. Um, that It was nice to have it removed from the table for a while and the writers being able to explore other compelling stories. Uh, but there's one person who's been very, very exempt. From all of this uh, dying and being born again and dying and being born again business. Uh, do you remember when, um, ooh, what's her name? Oh, come on, Ashley. Why do I, I always do this. I know people's names and I start recording these episodes and I've never heard of anyone and I've never spoken the language and I don't know who I am or what I do either. But in the final edit, you'll just cut all of the not remembering <laughs> out, and then we'll just go right to the part where you did remember, and no one will be the wiser. Uh, I might have to edit this out because this is now getting too too long. It's getting too fucking long. What is our fucking name? Jocelyn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cooper, maybe. Yeah, but right, her. Do you know when Jocelyn goes, "Bitch, you will die and be born again, and die and be born again." 
Dan be boarding him forever. I used to say that for a little while. It was quite funny. But that was a long way to go for a very mediocre bit. So I wasn't going to be the one to say it. Listen, you know, you have to be real. You have to know what it is, right? Um, anyhow, uh, Storm hasn't died. Why the no. fuck hasn't Storm died? Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to jump into why it is that somebody who's been so fundamental with the themes of life and death throughout their whole publication history mm-hmm. and is actually so deeply wedded into the resurrection ritual as a practice, mm-hmm. why it is she's never been part of it. So uh, I'm going to hit the timer and our X starts now. Uh, okay. All right. So... Uh, you said you were thinking about this in three ways. Tell me what those three ways are. Well, so there's kind of a, a meta text, a text, and then uh, Alex's headcanon theater that we can dive into. And I think there's some overlaps there, but kind of to start getting it out of the way, uh, I think the meta text of just Storm being not only one of the most important characters to the X-Men, not only one of the most important characters in Marvel Comics, but just kind of one of the most important characters in fiction. Mm-hmm. She's not unkillable. In some sense, anyone in comic books is theoretically subject to die. But in the case of Storm, there's just too many bad looks weighing against you if you choose to go that route to the point where I think you just kind of need a really, 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 really good reason. And it's hard for any writer to come up with a good enough reason to do it. The next day, even in this Krakoan era where people are going to come back quickly and you might die even multiple times in the same issue, you're still going to get clickbait articles on you know, uh, uh, what Polygon and Kotaku and kind of mm. com- and video game sites that cover comic books saying Storm is dead. And you're mm. going to see a bunch of like black Twitter tweets about how could they kill Storm? And you're going to see a panel with her dead body in it. And just like, no one really needs that heat. So at the end of the day, even though I think it's possible to kill Storm for narrative reasons, I just don't really know what the reason would be that would make it worth it to kind of go through all the turmoil of being even for a minute of like. And especially not in these couple of years. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. What did you say? You you, you blurred out a little bit there. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I just don't think anyone wants to go through the headache of being seen as responsible for killing the number one black character in fiction. Yes. Yeah. Especially now. Especially now. Especially now. Like political, like the general cultural context of that. No, they really took the feet. They really took the the foot off the pedal of killing black characters over the last couple of years. And me personally, I've enjoyed it. Um, I've enjoyed not seeing black people die wantonly across media uh, for a bit. That's been nice. And yeah, long, I'm, I'm long, okay with it. long may it continue. But-, but even if you go back to say like the Claremont era where... Storm was not necessarily as much of a mainstream property and none of us really had the same sense of these characters as IP. Mm-hmm. You know, Storm was Claremont's favorite character and Dark Phoenix notwithstanding, this was a time when like killing a comic book character meant something. Yeah, Characters did die and get resurrected here or there, but it wasn't something to take lightly. It wasn't something that was just going to happen on page 17 of the book and then be undone by page 19. And just, there was never a time when Chris, when Chris Claremont was going to not want to write storm or to like even threaten to take her out of the narrative. So that just wasn't going to happen anytime while he was in charge of the book. And then by the time you start getting into the nineties, when his run, as we often refer to it ends, 
again, at this point, you are starting to get the sense that these Marvel Comics characters are big, well-known mainstream IP. And even though we have seen Spider-Man and Wolverine and so many theoretically unkillable characters die in that time, Storm is one that I just don't see them ever taking off the board. If for no other reason, then there's no other Storm. If you kill Wolverine, there's... (laughs) Well, for one, there's other Wolverines just in terms of like there's Laura and Dokken and all kinds of other people, but mm. there's other. They're edgy. like iPhones. They're like iPhones. There's like right. <laughs> you'll get another Wolverine back, even with Spider-Man. You'll get another Spider-Man back if Storm dies. There's no other prominent Black woman to step into her place. Some of this has changed a little bit with uh, Black Panther kind of rising in the ranks post MCU. Ofication. But mm. before that Black Panther movie came out, like, let's keep it a buck. No one really ever spoke about the Black Panther like that. Not really. Like, by the time Storm and Black Panther got married, it was seen as a big deal. But, like, were people really fucking with Black Panther like that in the mainstream? Not really. Hmm. I, uh, t- to sort of veer away from the Black Panther a bit, Yes, um, <laughs> like I know, you know, when you can see a seven minute digression coming. Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was I mean, I'm here for it. It's up to you. <laughs> no, I think um, Storm wise, I, I totally agree with you. Like there, there's never been a right reason and a big enough reason to kill Storm. And especially as we move into the Krakoan era, she's such a massive part of this thing. Even from the beginning, like Storm was always there for the big meaningful beats she mm-hmm. was the one who in one of the rare shows of hydrokinesis was in the circuit that allowed them to communicate with the mutants as they all died up in space she's mm-hmm. be, she was there for the first major reversible death mm-hmm. in the krokoan era she was there to feel the trauma of it and it's almost like storm was there to remind us that death still means something mm-hmm. even when the first death that we could just snap back happened everybody was distraught and it was meant to lend some sort of gravity to it. Then we've got Storm falling in love with the embodiment of death. Then we've got Storm, who is always the the ritualistic caller of life. She's the one standing on the big tree screaming, we know her, or mm-hmm. we know him at the rest of the mutant population. Storm has been the mouthpiece for resurrection itself, and she's yeah. never been part of it. And like at first, I thought that that meant that there was something fundamentally wrong with the resurrection because mm-hmm. I thought that it was tainted. And that, because you know, we had that story where she almost died and they were like, mm, yeah, it's like. Right. Where Emma even specifically asks her at the beginning of that, hey, baby, we can just bring you back and we could even, you know, give you a little nip tuck in the process. What's the big deal? And Storm, I, I can find the exact page, I have it in my notes, but. Storm basically through the course of the issue explains that, you know, living is what gives a life value. And even if she theoretically could be brought back, and I'm not sure how much she even believes in that, but we'll get back to that. But even if she could be brought back, what gives her life value is the living of it. Yes. And to, you know, to fighting to make as much of that life valuable and meaningful as possible. So even if she can be brought back, she's not just going to kind of throw her life away flippantly because it needs to mean something. And you said something really, really intro- interesting in the in, in the pre-bit when we were just talking about whether she actually believes in it. 
And now that you talk to me about it, A, I don't think uh, ideologically Storm would be into resurrection. But B, now that you literally, as you said that, I was like, there's also bits of Storm, like the Godhead situation, that she may worry resurrection can't replicate. Right. Because she's more than a mutant, really, in 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 a lot of ways. And... I mean, that's an interesting route to go down also. Well, so, yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit, which was like maybe prong three of all of the reasons that Storm hasn't died, but probably the most interesting one. Mm. So, like, I think back to Storm technically did die at the end of Disassembled, that thing where Jesus X-Men and Legion something something, I don't remember what, but like at the end of it, X-Men like lets out a big blast and basically everyone dies, quote unquote, except that little weird like ends and pieces team that Cyclops and Wolverine bring back in between that and Hoxpox. And then once we get to Hoxpox and the resurrection protocols are already in place, we jump to the point in the present or the future or whatever sliding sliding time scale where most of the main mutants that we are familiar with have already been brought back that first storm is already alive. We never actually see storm getting resurrected. And it occurred to me while reading a little bit for this episode that like, if the whole resurrection project was secret more or less to begin with, it's not like Charles was going around asking everyone, Hey, Ashley, um, I've been working on this secret project with Mr. Sinister. So if you die, (laughs) you want us to clone your body. And then I, Charles Xavier, the most trustworthy telepath of all time, will put your brain back into your body. (laughs) And that'll be you from now on. Ash, how do you feel about that? Do we think that Charles Xavier took the time to go around to Storm, Karma, Necra, all of these other mutants who he probably doesn't even know and ask them, hey, how do you feel about resurrection? So I think we kind of have to assume that that first time that everyone was resurrected, they probably came back with some weird feelings about it, right? Like how would you feel? He didn't ask you to accept the cookies, nothing. No. And I think we had seen up to that point, you know, Storm, very much articulates while she's literally dancing with death during X of Swords that she does not fear death. But I think that's not new. That's something that was consistent in her characterization all along. True. And I almost feel like the storm that we know today, certainly in the beginning, but possibly to this moment, maybe doesn't even fully see herself as the storm who died to begin with. I, 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 yeah, I think that's a really interesting route. Um, I'm not sure how Storm feels about who she is now versus who she is then. Because I was thinking, as, as like a closeout question, I was going to ask, why would you kill Storm? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't come up with a reason. So I figured that was maybe an unfair question to ask. But then I was like, if Storm died, and I, I won't even think about the reason why that would happen to begin with. Mm-hmm. But if she came back and that spurned her into a journey because storm from uh, everything i've read of her is a very sort of self-possessed um 
interior person. And mm-hmm. I can see more it spurning a journey of her figuring out if it's really her. Right. Right. And that would be interesting. Like if we knew that you came back and maybe you had slightly different powers, you can do things you couldn't do before. And like, but then to sort of loop us back to what we talked about before, the fact that you have uh, an ability with magic, the fact that you had these Godhead things, are those still a part of you? Right. And like, if that spurned her on a journey of rediscovering the things about herself, I think that would be quite interesting. And perhaps making peace with the fact that there's an element of the question that's unanswerable and that she is the storm who is here and she is the storm who everyone sees as storm. So she is storm, whether or not she's, quote, the storm. Mm. But yeah, it does raise a lot of really interesting philosophical questions that unfortunately, I think the, the waiting room kind of simultaneously decomplicates in some ways that I don't like, but then complicates in some ways that I don't like. Like if if the waiting room concept that Wanda has introduced kind of like literalizes the idea that your mutant soul is somewhere out there choosing to re-enter the body or not, I think it kind of removes a lot of the more interesting philosophical questions about who that new person is. Is it a new person? Is it the old person? Because now we've just written it into the canon that, oh yeah, it's the same person. If Magneto comes back, it'll be because his soul in heaven or something decided to go to the waiting room and wait to be resurrected. And then also, as I'm saying this out loud. Chimeras. Well, like if if you can just go to the waiting room and resurrect, say, Thunderbird before a backup was made, what is the point of making Cerebro backups at all anymore? Well, I, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> it is. It is. But I can I, see these being questions that some mutants are asking themselves, others are deliberately ignoring, and others are really like torn up about inside. And in, like, my, in my mind, the around. waiting room and the cerebro is the difference between the spirit and the mind. The waiting room was to answer the soul spirit question, and mm-hmm. the cerebro is to bring you back with your it's a save file. So, you know, sometimes people came back resurrected, had no idea where the fuck they were, what happened, da 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 da. Interesting mm-hmm. thing that's almost kind of touched on in Immortal Hulk, actually, you know, mm-hmm. really in a way that I kind of like. People keep dying, have weird, vague flashes of where they were, but don't really remember. Um but yeah, okay, all right. Before so does we go that down mean that, that any backups before the waiting room are on some level less valid because they were not married with the soul in that way? Let's let's start another timer on that one. Because <laughs> I, I feel that towards the end, right as I was about to wrap up, we were like, yeah, let's just talk about something completely different. I mean, that's that's gonna be me. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we, we can start another timer on that. But all, all that to say that, yeah, like. These are questions that clearly Storm is a thoughtful enough person to be asking. And I I do think to a point that you were getting towards later, it's more than telling that the second that she realizes that resurrection protocols are a problem for the Iraqi people, she's like, oh, well, fuck it. And just deletes her backup. Because like, I don't think she really sees a lot of value in that backup to begin with. Mm. Excellent. Yeah, I agree. And I I also think that Storm maybe hasn't accepted the change that knowing that you can't die brings. Maybe right. she doesn't think that becoming the sort of person who doesn't 
value death or sees death as unimportant isn't an evolution that she wants to make, isn't a change that she wants to make. And, but it's interesting. Anyhow, okay, we're going to close up. So thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure to talk to you as, as always. It's been a pleasure to talk about this. Thank you to anybody who's listening. Um, pleasure to see you back. Thank you. Come back. Season eight, we've got more good episodes for you. Tell us what you think. If you've got a theory about Storm, if you have uh, some headcanon about why she hasn't died or what, I mean, I, I hesitate in asking you to tell me ways you'd like to kill Storm because I, I can't promise that I'd be the best version of myself on the end of that conversation. But tell me why you think she hasn't gone through the resurrection program. Okay, let's just keep it at that. Why do you think Storm hasn't been resurrected? Come find me at X of Words uh, or Van the First. You know where I am. If you're on Instagram, you can find um, Alex that she may be a witch or she might Perhaps. be a witch. May. She, may, she may be a witch. Important distinction. Uh, and yeah, I'll see you next time. Thank you. I've been Ash. I've been Alex. This has been X of Nice. Someone that choke, someone I fit aside